What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up, Howard Bender, along with John Impemba. That's right. It's Thursday night for us. It's, um, well, you know, Friday for you, and it's time for us to uh, take a nice long look at, um, at the games, the spreads, uh, what we've learned as far as injury news goes. And uh, like we did last week, but we're going to do it, we're going to be a little bit more, a little, a little better with it this week uh, and a little more conscious to make sure that we give a couple of DFS plays that we like for each game. Uh, John, how are you, man? How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Howard. I mean, listen, like I said, it's it, the fact that we're already in week 14. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about some betting lines and we're throwing in some DFS plays as well. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's wild for how much preparation we do uh, to go into this season to have it now nearing the end. So uh, I'm excited, but I'm also, you know, a little sad, a little sad that there's only so many weeks left of the NFL season. Really? I'm not even remotely sad. <laughs> not even remotely sad. It's been a hell of a year. We've had a good season, right? Playbook has been rock solid. We've we've done some good stuff here. Um, maybe it's because, you know, I know that you're you're going to be doing one of the playbooks uh, come uh, the end of the year um, that I won't be doing. Maybe right. that's what it is. You know, it's just, uh, you know, baseball obviously is is, uh, is an interesting sport. You know, it's long. It's tedious. Uh, the NFL to me and the NBA, of course, are my two my two babies. So uh, it's sad when one ends, but at least we still have some basketball. The MLB season. Oh, my God, dude. Can we just can we just the article on ESPN today that said, um, you know. Seven deals, nine hundred and sixty four million dollars. Uh, baseball's biggest day. I'm like, really? That's what you want to lead with. Right. When we're. We're sitting here listening to in the middle of a lockout, listening to billionaire owners arguing with millionaire players about money. And and you're going to throw this into the public and be like, yeah, we spent a billion dollars just on salaries <laughs> for these seven players. Like, what is that? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. It's a leverage play. Right? That's all it's about. Right. They, they have they have their guys write their stories for the MLB side. You'll have other right stories uh, defending the players. And, and it's all part of the the silent negotiations, right? I guess. <laughs> it's just, it's, it just disgusts me. It really just disgusts me. You know, I'm, grac- I'm grateful for, for having a, a job in sports like this, but it's just disgusts me. Yeah, I agree. It is. So let's figure out how we can... Uh, have our listeners here make a little bit of money and we'll talk some spreads and we'll talk some uh, we'll talk some DFS as well. But for the full DFS rundown, you're going to have to check out John and I on the Fantasy Alarm DFS NFL podcast, which comes out every Saturday um, fairly early in the morning. So you'll be able to uh, listen to that and then check out the playbook and uh, and make your moves there. But uh, onwards and upwards here. Let's start off uh, Sunday games. The first one uh, on my list here, Dallas against the Washington football team. Uh, Reds- oh, I almost said the Redskins, right? The football team, four and a half point home dog to Dallas in this one. I mean, ugh. from a from a DFS standpoint, I love McLaurin. I love CeeDee Lamb. I love Michael Gallup. I like Dak Prescott. Um, you know, I'm still waiting to see. I, I would like Ricky Seals Jones if I see that he's healthy. Um, 
and and you know because the tight end gets all those snaps and Dallas has trouble covering the tight end. But I kind of feel like I'm I'm leaning Dallas and laying the points in this one. I I get that, and I and I I'm interested in the way that Washington is playing football right now. And we talked about it yesterday on the Fantasy Alarm Show when I was on there for Crush or Flush uh, with Antonio Gibson and is the abundance of carries that he's seen since Washington has come out of the bye. Uh, and I think that they basically flipped their offensive philosophy uh, since that point. You know, they went into their bye, they kind of reevaluated what are we doing that's, and why aren't we winning? Uh, and all of a sudden they come out and now they're doing these long, sustaining drives, running the football, giving a ton of carries, killing clock, you know, allowing their defense, which isn't very good, to sort of be on the field as little as possible. Uh, and now they're on a four-game winning streak. I think they're going to keep this one close. I do. I'm going to take Washington with the points. Uh, and I like Gibson for another 20-plus carries this week. Fantastic. We are hearing Tony Pollard uh, tore his plantar fasciitis, uh, right. plantar fascia, whatever you want to call it, in his foot uh, during that. So it could be very, very interesting there. Um, I just, I, you know, I hate this this Washington secondary. I think that's where my big problem is. I just think it might be too much of a of a passing attack for them to handle. Yeah, uh, I mean, we'll like, see. Like I said, they 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 beat their home, which is good. You know, they beat Tampa Bay, and and that passing offense is not as if they haven't been tested yet. Um, you know, I, I but I think like they they had the ten minute closeout drive there against against Tampa Bay to keep braving them off the field because they know if you if you allow for an offense to keep on going out there, they're, yeah, they're going to torture secondary. Uh, but their ability to move the chains and kill clock and and do what they're doing uh, offensively uh, is sort of minimizing the damages being done against them. And they've been able to win four straight. So uh, home, they got a shot. They still have a shot at the playoffs here. Uh, Dallas has been up and down, too. Right. You know, they haven't really been overly impressive. I mean, they, they lost to Kansas City. They lost to Denver uh, last week. Uh, they lost to the Raiders. You know, they, they're not really like playing their best football either. No, they're definitely not. They're definitely not. So, um, all right. Uh, Jacksonville visiting Tennessee. The Titans are an eight and a half point favorite in this one. Maybe Julio Jones is back. Maybe he's not. What do you like in this one? Yeah, Julio's been practicing in full these last two days. So I think he's going to be back. And uh, I'm willing to take a dark throw on him because they don't have anybody else, right? Like Westbrook Akine has been their top receiver. It's it's a great matchup against Jacksonville. I don't really know what to do with the running backs because McNichols has been back at practice as well. Does McNichols hurt Hilliard? Does it hurt Foreman? You know, does he just become sort of their primary back and the other two uh, sort of, uh, you know, fall off to the side here? You know, I'm curious as to how that running back situation is now handled with Tennessee. But from a DFS perspective on their side, I'd I'd be okay with going with Julio. It's a risk, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, I am. I mean, it's kind of funny. I, uh, you know, the backfield, I think it hurts. Uh, I think it hurts Hilliard more than it hurts uh, Foreman. Foreman's more of a of a plodding runner. Um, I mean, I know he he has at times caught passes, but like that's that's just that's McNichols specialty. And that's uh, and that's Hilliard's specialty, too. Like, you know, it's just to me. I, I don't know, man. I just I, I can't get behind Hilliard there. I can't get behind any of those. Uh, those running backs. I can't get I can't get used to to Tennessee laying eight and a half points. Like, what the fuck is Tennessee laying eight and a half points for? Uh Jacksonville's really bad. Like they they're are. really like they're really bad. <laughs> so you think you think they're that bad that, that we can't even even look at them? I, I don't know who you would even go with, right? I mean, 
They they benched their best player Robinson last week because he fumbled. Lawrence hasn't been able to do anything. LaVisca is very inconsistent. Uh, Treadwell has actually been like their best receiver these last two weeks. What happened to Marvin Jones, right? Like where, where did he go all of a sudden? Early in the year, he was great. And now he's non-existent. You know, I don't know. It feels like this team's just moving backwards. So it does feel like a ton of points. And if you look at the line open, it opened at 11. It's down to eight and a half. So a lot of people were kind of hammering Jacksonville. Jackson with the points might be the play, but I, I'm gonna, I'm still gonna probably be a sucker and and, and lean the, the favorite here. Lean the favorite. Um, I might lean the points here. Ugh. Um, Seattle eight and a half point favorite on the road against Houston. Now this one was seven and a half as of yesterday, um, so it's it's going up even more. Obviously, uh, teams are uh, <laughs> teams are people are putting money on Seattle for this one. Um, again, I think this is a this is a very this is a very similar situation here, except for the fact that it's the visiting team and not the home team. But I mean, Jacksonville, Houston, they're horrible, horrible. Um, and, and I worry about that. But I might with Davis Mills, I might even just take the points in this one, too. So I saw that Tyrod was practicing. So have they officially announced Mills as the quarterback for this week or is Tyrod still in the mix? Do we know? Tyrod might still be in the mix. I mean, it's it's the it's the ligaments in his throwing in, in his non-throwing hand, right? So maybe that's maybe that's why they're like still trying to hold out hope. Yeah, I mean, not that it's not that it's great either. Um, and you also notice that this game opened as a forty-three and a half and is down to forty-one. So uh, I, I don't think many are expecting a lot of. It's interesting to see the point spread go up and then the game total go down. It kind of makes it seem like Seattle's going to win big here and, and Houston's not going to score at all. Uh, I like what I've seen out of Seattle the last two weeks in terms of throwing the football. I like that Metcalf actually got a little bit more involved last week, which we kind of, I think we talked about on the same podcast, right? Like the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Is that what your analogy was there? Uh, now, it wasn't a huge game for Metcalf, but it wasn't the one catch that he had the week prior. Lockett's in sync and, and Russell Wilson's starting to look good. So uh, it's Seattle for me, and I would go with that passing offense on DraftKings this week, Howard. And you've been doing the watch list. I've done the quarterback coach. Uh, mid-tier plays, all of them. Uh, uh, Wilson's like 66. Uh, Metcalf and Lockett are both in that mid-6K range. Makes for a nice little stack this week against Houston. It does make for a nice little stack, but we've also seen that you just you, you just want to run on Houston. Like one of my one of my biggest fears is that Seattle, who you know I, I, they're not making the play. who's running who's running for them. That's well, my- that's the thing. So so here's here's my here's my theory. Like they're going to get Alex Collins back and he's going to get some work. But Adrian Peterson is three touchdown, three rushing touchdowns from tying Marcus Allen on the all time list. And he's 351 yards away from tying Barry Sanders on the all time rushing yard list. Like if there was ever a time that you were going to pad somebody's stats so that way the last four games of the season like people are still interested in what's going on in the Seattle game because they want to see if Adrian Peterson is actually going to tie or pass these guys um, on these all-time lists. That's that's just that's my only concern. Listen, I love Wilson and and Metcalf and Lockett, and yeah, for for the price, um, it makes sense to do a, a a stack in a GPP. But yeah, dude, I just I I feel like. I feel like it, it, it could end up being more like an NFL PR thing than anything else. It's where's Russell Wilson going to go? Well, who cares? You know, let's, we're going to we're going to run Adrian Peterson out here and have him uh, move up the all time, you know, rushing lists. 
Yeah, I mean, I can but, see it for sure. <laughs> no, you hate that, don't I you? I hate it, though. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> don't do don't do that to me i'm already too invested in my brain on this seattle stack so <laughs> i'm sorry to do it to you but come on i mean think about it right like everybody's talking russell wilson's talking about where he would waive his no trade clause for you think seattle wants to like spend the entire time over the last four games being like well russell wilson's checked out he doesn't Maybe. give a shit are well, we going to fire Pete Carroll at the end of this year? What do we care about? Well, I mean, if they want to increase his trade value, they'll just let Russ cook, right? You know, hey, he's not as bad. His fingers healed. He's ready to go. Two first round picks, please. You know, right? <laughs> we shall see. Raiders nine and a half point underdogs to the Chiefs. Um, listen, I mean, all right, Travis Kelsey very much in play this week. Uh, Raiders are horrible against the tight end. Um, you know, I know that you run against the Raiders, but the Chiefs just don't have that kind of a, a of a team. They're not built that way. So I'm not going to sit here and look at at CEH. I'm not going to sit here and look at um, at Darrell Williams. Like they, they'll be okay, but they're not guys who I want to you know invest in and lead the way. Um, Josh Jacobs actually intrigues me. If you look at Jacobs over the last couple of games, uh, and now with Kenyon Drake out. And if he does start catching those, you know, five, six, seven passes out of the backfield, it really changes the value around, especially against um, a team that, you know, like the Chiefs, who struggles against the run. So I kind of dig on Jacobs there a little bit. And I was talking to Coop earlier, uh, Andrew Cooper, for everybody from Fantasy Alarm. Um, and we're both kind of on the, uh, on the on the same wavelength here that while Moreau is not Darren Waller by any stretch of the imagination, and he's never going to see Darren Waller-like targets. This is actually a pretty good spot against him, against the Chiefs, who ranked 21st in DVOA uh, against the tight end. So uh, with all of that being said, I'm leaning Raiders with the points, and uh, and I'm, I'm investing in both tight ends here for DFS. Yeah, here's my, my one thing with this. So we've seen how bad Mahomes has played. I think it's five of his last six. He's given you less than 15 fantasy points. But that one game where he didn't, uh, it was 400 yards and five touchdowns against these Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're home. They're on the road during that last game. You know, Is it something that he just, they just know about this team? They just know how to beat their defense. They know how to uh, attack their secondary, uh, you know, matchup wise. Is it just bad for for the Raiders here? And, and that's why of all the teams being able to shut down Mahomes lately, the Raiders weren't one of them. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Raiders with the points. Uh, not the Raiders. I'm gonna go with, with the Chiefs with the points here. It's definitely a lot. Uh, but I do like the Jacobs call. Not only is Drake out, but Jalen Rashard today was placed on the COVID list. Um, who is just another potential pass catching back to take snaps away from him. You know, maybe he even gets some other down work as well. Uh, so if they're they're down like both backup running backs here, you know it's, it's Peyton Barber, I guess, is the guy behind uh, Jacobs at this point, right? I think Jacobs is in for another 15, 20 carries and five, six catches. So uh, I, I love Jacobs. Um, the rest of that offense, take it or leave it for me, and I think the Chiefs uh, cover this one. All right, um, <laughs> the Saints. Uh, traveling up to uh, New Jersey so that they can play the Jets. Jets are a home dog at five and a half. 
Taysom Hill, mallet finger or not, still in play here for DFS. Alvin Kamara returned to practice uh, on a limited basis. It looks like he could be back in, in play here. Um, I mean, this is just that there's, there's so much I don't like about this game. Uh, a 42 uh, game total, implied game total. Um, you know, Saints defense has been strong against the run, no doubt. But I'm not worried about the Jets running backs. Can Zach Wilson chuck the ball around a little bit? Can, uh, can you know, is Elijah Moore going to play? Can Jamison Crowder take advantage of the fact that he's going up against P.J. Williams? The worst cover corner here. So, um, well, I went first the last time. I'm still going to go first here on this one here. I'm going to say I'm taking the Jets with the points, getting <laughs> the points, right? Horrible, 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 horrible. And uh, Jamison Crowder. And um, and Taysom Hill are uh, are my two favorite. Well, I mean, obviously you gotta you gotta look at Alvin Kamara too for DFS. Did you say Elijah Moore? I said if he plays. Oh, okay. If he plays, um, you know Wilson looked good. Yeah, if if Wilson if 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 Elijah Moore plays, I would go with the Jets. I think as well. I think I would go in that direction. Otherwise, I think New Orleans is going to be able. to. I mean. Even with Taysom Hill last week, the four interceptions against Dallas, like the Jets aren't going to pull off four picks, right? Like that's just not their their defense. So, you know, does New Orleans turn the ball over as much? Do they even, do they just run the ball and give it to Alvin Kamara instead of forcing Taysom to throw it and turn the ball over? Um, you know, I, I would need the Jets to be at full strength on their, in their passing game, I think, for them to have a chance here. Uh, but as of now, it stands. I'm going to take the Saints. So mean, like you just can't, you can't throw me a bone here, John. Right? You're like, no, I, fuck you Sorry. Uh, I, I said maybe. <laughs> Stand your ground, dude. Stand your ground. If I said that to Ronis, he'd be like, ah, shut the fuck up, bro. <laughs> well, you know, Ronis, you know, he's uh, like, you know, Ronis, yeah, you know, I mean. I'm just like it for me. I don't like either team, so I can see the I can see the Jets winning this game, right? Uh, but if they're missing their best player, then I don't see how they beat the Saints. So they need more, in my opinion. He's their best receiver. They would need him, I think, to have a chance in this game. Indeed. Um, all right, so uh, you get to go first for. Everybody's favorite battle of the NFC South. Atlanta Falcons traveling to the Carolina Panthers. Panthers are a two and a half point favorite. It's your boy, Cam Newton. Yeah, listen, I think this one's interesting because people saw how bad uh, Newton was, obviously, two weeks ago. Uh, they now had the bye, more time for him to figure out uh, the offense. They also let go of their offensive coordinator. Uh, during Dude, the so during, bizarre during like, the bye week, I just uh, don't. I just don't get that. Right. You saddle the dude with Sam Darnold and then Cam Newton, or Sam Darnold, PJ Walker, and Cam Newton, and you're saying what you couldn't get anything out of him? Like, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I mean, I was I was in on on uh, on on Darnold, but solely because it was Joe Brady and Matt Rule. Mm -hmm. um, if they realize that the dude just doesn't have it, well, then so be it. But I, I can't believe. I mean, the, to me, I, I think I think Brady's got a, another job somewhere else. Yeah, I think Collie's going back to college. I think I think they got that set up for him. 
I would also say that, you know, the, the you know, new Panthers organization there, um, they haven't had Christian McCaffrey available to them, right? Like he's just missed the equivalent of like a season and a half at this point. Yeah. Uh, two years. You can say, you can, save, you can round it yeah, to two years. They can round it to two years. Sure. You know, so you're a new coach, you're a new offensive coordinator. Panthers. Yay. Christian McCaffrey. Awesome. Dude just hasn't been on the field. And now you're trying to, you know, accommodate that absence and it's impossible to do. You know, I had this conversation, um, I, I believe it was yesterday or the day before. I was last night on uh, with the Fancy Salon podcast with Andrew Cooper. Um, when when Christian McCaffrey is healthy and on the field this year, he was very good. He just would then get hurt. You know, it's not as if like McCaffrey came back and was slow or it wasn't getting it done. He was like the leading point scorer in fantasy for the two weeks that he was healthy and then he's gone again. So. You know, it's it, there's there's gonna be a difference in offensive style. Shuba Hubbard is not Christian McCaffrey. I actually like Cam Newton in DFS now because of that. You know, the, the reliance on CMC isn't gonna necessarily be there. Um, I think that's gonna open some things up for DJ, DJ Moore is getting targeted a bunch. Um, but also, I think we'll see probably Cam maybe take it a little bit more himself. Uh, so you know, shocking. I, the most selfish player in the NFL is gonna take I the know. touchdown carries himself. I'm right. Stunned. Yeah, McCaffrey had zero rushing touchdowns in the, in the game since he returned. He had one receiving. Um, you know, so they'll throw, still throw to Chuba. They'll still throw to Amir Abdullah. Uh, but I think there's going to be more Cam, and it's a great matchup. It, the The Falcons are terrible. They're going to be on the road. Uh, I said I like DJ Moore. I like think Cam Newton's fine. Uh, so I'm going to go with the the Panthers here. All right, Panthers. It is for you, John. I um, I'm probably going to lean the Panthers too as well. I, I am. I am. And I'm kind of hoping that we see a little something else out of uh, DJ Moore this week. He's been the most targeted receiver for the three games that, that Cam's been there, right? Yep. So yep. 10 targets last two weeks ago. Just had four, four catches. All right. All right. Pump the brakes there, All Johnny. Right. All right. Getting, a, getting a little out of hand now. <laughs> what do you think of Russell Gage, the most targeted wide receiver on the Falcons side of things? Yeah. I, I mean, yes, he, he's certainly in play. Corderell Patterson's in play. Um, Mike Davis revenge game, maybe, you know, who would have thought Mike Davis revenge game? game, Mike Davis revenge. Yeah. You know, who would have known that Mike Davis's best week this season would have been against Tampa Bay. You know, who would have, who would have thought, um, <laughs> you know, so no, I'm not playing Mike Davis. You can try and play Kyle Pitts. It's not a great matchup for him. And he just hasn't been very good. His defenses are just like, all right, we'll stop this guy and we'll let you try to beat us any other way. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's not great. Gage is fine. They kind of have to throw to somebody here. Uh, and Patterson, for sure. You can just slide in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. Interesting game here. Ravens uh, against the Browns. This opened up with the Ravens as a one-point favorite. Uh, it went to two and a half in favor of the Browns laying uh, laying two and a half. I was like, wow. I kind of felt like this this line could flip back towards the Ravens being – the favorite here, however, it's now gone up to minus three in favor of the Browns, and uh, and I'm still, I'm still leaning on the Ravens here, getting the points. I feel like I I know everything that we've seen from from the Ravens lately, and, and it hasn't been good. And Lamar Jackson's been spotty, but you know, listen, and the Browns are coming off of a bye week, and they've got Chubb and Hunt. They still don't have a great passing game. They still have Baker Mayfield there, and they still don't have any receivers outside of Jarvis Landry. You know, they just lost David Njoku to the COVID list. Um, so maybe Hooper sees some extra targets here, but 
I'm still leaning on the uh, on the Ravens, uh, and I'm in on starting Lamar Jackson. I'm in on using Mark Andrews, and I am in on using Hollywood Brown. Yeah, I think you covered that. I think you, I think you hit all the all the points. Um, we did. We just saw this matchup. wasn't a good offensive fantasy day for uh, really anybody there. Um, you know we, what we like about Baltimore is that it's a rather consolidated offensive share. Uh, so you kind of know where the where the ball is going to go. Yep. Uh, and and same with Cleveland. So you know I, I I'm going to lean Baltimore uh, when it comes to uh, point spread. Fantasy wise, you know you got to play the the core plays, but no one no one's jumping off the page for me. No one's jumping off the page for me either. Um, Giants visiting the Chargers. <laughs> Chargers a 10 point favorite. You know how much I hate that. Yep. Um Keenan Allen on the COVID list. Mike Williams on the COVID list, but uh as a close contact and has already tested negative once. Mm-hmm. So it looks like Mike Williams will be back in play for uh for this game here. Um <laughs> go ahead, you go first on this one. I mean, yeah, you play Mike Williams, especially if he's going to be the number one receiver this week. If both are out, I think Cook, Jared Cook's in play. Uh, obviously, we know he can run. So Austin Eckler, assuming he's good to go, uh, is somebody that will lean towards. Uh, Guyton and Josh Palmer will be the receivers. But people will be pretty, pretty popular in DFS this week uh, because of their value. Uh, and Howard, I actually think that this is maybe a week. You know, I know you were interested last week. Maybe this is a week where Saquon Barkley can get it done. 30 chargers are 32nd in DVOA against the running back. The passing down work has been great for Barkley in recent weeks. Uh, you know, overall receptions and targets for him. Uh, you know, I saw a report that Mike Glennon was trending in the right direction, whether it's Glennon or from, uh, you know, I'm not really excited about them throwing the football. So, you know, this could just be another kind of like volume touch day for Saquon in a matchup where, you know, it, he should be able to succeed. It's if he if he's healthy and he's playing, then great. I mean, he was, you know, he was limited in Wednesday's walkthrough uh, with the ankle issue. So they've got him listed as questionable. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's played between 75 and 85 percent of the snaps in the games that he's been back. Um, he hasn't shown a whole hell of a lot. Like he'll show like on one run and you'll be like, oh, Barkley's back. And then you're like, maybe not. Um, but I think that, yeah, if there's a if there's a game where he can succeed, maybe that's what it is here against the Chargers, who are just, you know, absolutely pathetic against the uh, against the run. Um, I, you know, I'll probably do it in a in a, in a GPP um, and, and you know, get Barkley in there. It won't be one of my primary lineups. It'll be one of my you know, kind of like, yeah, we'll just kind of see. We'll throw some shit against the wall and see what sticks sort of a thing. But. Um, you know. They say that Mike Glennon could be cleared via concussion protocol. Joey Bosa is out, right, on the pass rush there. I, I'm going to – I have to stick to my guns here, John. I'm taking the Giants plus 10. <sighs> I don't think I'm going to go there with you all. It's I'll like just, a hard I'll show, just, isn't it? I'll, like just lose. I'll just lose with the Chargers <laughs> as a home favorite. It's fine. Oh, it's I, can't, so I can't honestly put money on, on the Giants with Mike Glennon or Jake Fromm as a quarterback. Yeah, I'm not putting money on it. I'm just saying it, this is my pick. I'm actually considering doing it in the uh, in the picks wise pool. Well, I'm just saying, like, if we're giving out picks for people that would be betting on this game, 
Don't yeah. bet this game. Don't, don't bet right. this don't, game. But don't bet this game. Right. Don't, don't bet. That's don't. my advice. My advice is don't bet this game. Right. But if you right. are going to bet it, I'm taking the Chargers and I was taking the Giants. <laughs> yeah. If if you want to bet on a bad game, then yes, then then you can do that. Like I'm okay. I'm okay with the Chargers even like you know taking them in a survivor pool this week. I'm fine with that. But I just yeah no 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 can't do it can't do it from the bottom of my soul. Um, all right, here we go. Detroit taking on Denver now. <laughs> man, when this line was Denver minus eight the other day, I was like. How in the world is Denver favored over anybody by eight? But meanwhile, like the Lions, the Lions were a seven point underdog to Minnesota and they beat them outright. So how in the world are they now a 10 point dog to the Broncos like that? You know what that tells me? I mean, it's just, you know. This is like this is like everybody and their grandma begging you to take the lines and the points, begging you to take the lines and the points, which means that that Denver's going to win like 31 nothing or 31 to three. Denver's probably going to win like that. Um, you got you and Craig, though, hate the Den- Denver with this many points. Hate it with a passion. Hate it. I was going to say you hate you hate it. Uh, so, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you what are you guys going to do is the question. Um, um, well, so the question is, well, the, the funny thing is, is that if the line is like this, um, I haven't seen the, uh, I, I haven't even looked at, I, I can look right now. Um, the super contest, uh, it's Broncos minus eight and a half and it's probably Broncos minus eight and a half in the, uh, in the golden nugget. So I'm getting a point and a half of value here. I think I'm taking the lions. <laughs> they're seven and three against the spread. They're four and two against the spread on the road this year. They're eight and four against the spread overall. They're getting 10 points coming off a win. I hear you, man. I hear you. But is that, you know, who is it? Was it Craig who said that the other day? It was like, you know, or was it Adam who said, you know, an emotional game for, for the lions to win that first game. And we could, is this just like the big letdown for them now? Like though, just, you know, like we're done. Like can't, can't do it anymore. I don't know. They've been so close so many times this year. They even tied. (laughs) They even tied. I mean, so, you know, there's just, again, there's just everything about this line is Vegas just begging you to take Detroit. The other thing is that Denver likes to run the football. So, like, that's to kill the clock. That's to slow the game down. You know, they they could win this game 17-10, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. They could also yeah. win this game 17 to three. Like they could. They could win this game 17 to nothing. They yeah. could win this game 21 to seven. Could be 17 14, Howard. We have no idea. We don't. But what we do know is that everybody and their grandma's taking the Lions and the points. So I'm taking Denver and I'm laying 10. And I'm, and, and you know, and it's funny in the picks wise pool here, it's, uh, it's Denver minus seven and a half. So now I'm getting another, I'm getting two and a half points of value in that pool. Which just you know I, I have to take Denver. I have to. Have right. to. Yeah. You'll come around. You'll Maybe. come around. Maybe. I remember it was these very airwaves that we were on where you were uh, you were stunned. 
And I couldn't give you any solid reason why to take Seattle over San Francisco. I know. And and look what happened. Mm-hmm. Travis freaking Homer. I know. 74, 74 yard touchdown. When that happened, I, I knew it. Like when that happened, it was like, boom, I'm hitting this pick. And I'm so happy. While I'm we're so recording happy. this, Howard, uh, Ty Montgomery just landed on the COVID IR list. So. For the Saints, huh? Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Poor, poor, poor Saints. No Ingram now. No Montgomery potentially. Give me better, better for Alvin Kamara, truthfully. Let's go, Jets. Now I'm gonna have to like figure it out. Now it's like shit. Do I take the Jets getting five and a half? What am I gonna do in this pool? What am I gonna do in this pool? Because you know what? Here's another game. I'll tell you what. Well, well, before we get to the other uh Late afternoon games. Going to give a shout out here to our sponsor. Thank them for, um, you know, keeping the lights on here. And John and I will give you the rest of the games uh, right after this commercial break. All right. So I was all set to like just jump into it right now, but you know, now we had to had to wait here for the commercial, John. But you know, the next game here, 49ers Bengals, right? It opened up. I, you know, with the Bengals as the favorite, the line is completely flipped right now. San Francisco is a two point favorite in this one here. Here's another situation where I'm looking at like the pool that I'm in, where the 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 spreads lock as of yesterday, and and in this one here, Cincinnati is a point and a half favorite um, for this game. So I'm like, well, now I've got San Francisco, who's a two point favorite here. So if I'm getting this kind of value, that's that's a shit ton of value right there, right? Getting all these, uh, getting some extra points now. I mean, that's just that's ridiculous. So I got to take San Francisco here. Yeah, I think that's where I'm leaning. It's, I've, I'm probably going in that direction too, um, which I, I hate by the way because I love the Bengals. Yeah, I do like some of the players still with the Bengals. Like I talked about it again on, on the Phoenix Lime Show with you and Jim. I think Tyler Boyd is a very nice play this week, especially if Higgins is out. Um, and even then, you know, recently Boyd's been getting uh, more targets. So it's a matchup that I think against San Francisco, he could take advantage of. We don't know the running back situation in San Francisco, but you do know whoever the running back that's healthy is going to be is probably going to get a lot of touches. Uh, so there's value there. Uh, and we're, of course, still waiting on the Devo Samuel news. Uh, do we know if he practiced today or not, Howard? Um, um, no, we haven't gotten those reports yet. It's only one thirty here on the West Coast. Mike. I know, I know. Just wondering because he didn't practice on Wednesday, and they were going to see if he'd practice Thursday. So uh, this is what I got as of uh, thirteen minutes ago, uh, working on his own. However, he has his helmet with him and is in uniform, so it's possible that he'll be involved in some capacity today. Love it, love it, even more so now. Oh, this pick is just getting better and better, better and better. Oh my God, that's like a that's a three and a half point swing right there for just for value in a uh, in a in a pool. It's crazy. Like I don't. I mean, I'm, I hope people are, are are understanding that concept. And you know, there are probably a lot of novice people who do listen to this podcast, novice betters um, who play in these pools. Like you really, you need to track the line movement. It's so vital. And when you see a line flip like this. And your pool locks their uh, locks their spreads early. You there's a lot you can take advantage of. A lot you can take. Advantage of. I did it last week. I don't remember what the uh, what the game was last week, 
But in the pool, you know, because we also designate one pick as like, you know, double points if we get it right. And uh, and I was like, oh, oh, it was the Dallas game, right? It was like getting, yeah, it was like the, the pool locked at Dallas minus four and a half. And before the game started, it was Dallas minus six and a half. And I was like, I'm taking two points of value here. So, you know, you, you got to be able to, you got to make that, uh, you know, make that, that work happen for you uh, when it does. So, all right. So San Francisco, Cincy, Bills, Bucks. Here's another interesting one. What do you like? <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, okay. Tampa Bay. It's all right. It's all right. Tampa Bay. I was getting a little choked up there thinking about Tampa Bay, you know, and Tom Brady. About Tom Brady, right? how, how beautiful yeah. he is. Yeah. And Rob Gronkowski. Uh, and the fact that they <laughs> too are chasing records, Howard, if you want to go the record chasing narrative, uh, they're down 16 touchdowns behind Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison for the all time touchdown connection uh, list. Uh, so, you know, they got a handful of games left to go. You can certainly see Brady and Gronk start to hunt that down. Uh, to put in range for next season. Uh, listen, Buffalo last week lost a game in which a team threw three times against them. And now they're going into Tampa Bay to face a Buccaneers team and Tom Brady, where Brady has thrown 20 passing touchdowns at home. Uh, it's going to be a completely game, different game script that they're going to be up against. I don't know if they're ready for it. Uh, there's been a lot of questions around Buffalo this year. Are they paper lions? And given the wins and the teams they've beaten versus the teams they've lost to, um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm going to go Tampa Bay, and I, I don't think this one's going to be very close. See, if you don't right, – so so I'm just going to – I'll bring it back. If Buffalo got so bullied by the Patriots and Buffalo is a paper lion because they beat up on the, on the bad teams and they lose to the good teams, although they did beat Kansas City back in week four or five, but, you know, whatever. That's one we've, thing. Well, we've since seen that Kansas City has its problems. Right, right, right. So – if that's the case, and and Tom Brady at home is so unbelievably good, which he is, the numbers don't lie. Why is this only a three and a half point game? I have no answers for you. I, think I, I, I and I know you hate that question because every time I ask that question, it's a suspicious line. I'm I'm kind of right, aren't I? You are kind of right, but it's a suspicious line. I don't know what people are seeing. I don't know if they're just still looking at Buffalo as one of the best teams, supposedly, in in the in the AFC, and they're like, "Oh, it'll be a competitive game." Nothing. No. What, what do they have? Hold on. Let me. Let me. I had this in front of me. I clicked off it. Let me. You know <laughs> Sorry. There it is. They're, I got you all in your head, Johnny. It, right. They're Tampa Bay is four and one against the spread at home this season. The only game they lost was Week One against uh, against uh, Dallas. The only time this year they haven't covered a home spread. They're five and zero at home. Their margin of victory at home was out of this world because Tom Brady just literally averaging four passing touchdowns a game uh, at home this season. I don't know. I don't know what people are seeing of Buffalo. I don't know why they haven't ranked where it is. John, you know, I, if anything, they're probably expecting this to be a shootout. And you know, you see the fifty-three and a half game total. You think Tampa Bay secondary is not any good? You got Josh Allen. You got uh, Stephon Diggs in, in that group, and they think it's going to go back and forth here. There was a lot of problems after that game against New England. I've been following it because, you know, a Patriots fan. We hear all the news, all the media reports. But things are happening inside that Buffalo locker room. Players are calling each other out. They're call- coaches are calling out coaches. Like, there are, some, there are some reports that things are sort of melting down in there after that loss uh, to the Patriots. And maybe they're being exposed uh, a bit. And if teams can just line up and power run against them as well, 
and they have Leonard Fournette. I mean, like they could beat them any way they want to. I think this week could Tampa Bay against Buffalo. So while I think Tom Brady doesn't do a lot of the damage, if they need to burn, you know, kill clock, get first downs, like Fournette's going to be, I feel like an impossible task for this defense. If you have guys like Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry, and we just saw Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, when teams are committing to the power run game, and now you got Leonard Fournette in a power run game, uh, I worry. I don't know. This this feels, you're probably right, because I've been wrong every time I feel like a line's <laughs> been off, but I just don't see it. I don't get it. I don't know. I, I, I don't see, see this one I being see, close. I see Buffalo coming in angry. I do see the infighting, and that infighting, listen, it was, you know, it was one of the things. Did you watch the Manning cast on Monday? I did not. All right, so they so they brought in Akib Talib, right? And you know, great great segment there. But one of the things that they asked Akib Talib was, you know, have you ever seen something like this where a team just you know runs incessantly and and your team just can't stop it? Like, what are you as a defensive back thinking? Like, you know, as far as you know this this whole thing goes. And Talib said he didn't want to like you know call people out or anything like that. Or he was like he was like yeah you know when when. He's like, this did happen to us one time. And, you know, I don't remember where he was, where he was playing, but it was like, it was like very, it was early on in his career. And he was like, I'm, I was a young kid. And there I am watching, you know, and he rattles off a couple of names of guys who, uh, who are starting on the defensive line. And he's like, I couldn't say anything to them about it. Like, you know, it was frustrating for me to sit there and watch it and, you know, not be able to say anything. And then you saw in the post game report, um, you know, the reporters asked the defensive backs, right? It was like Micah Hyde and somebody else asked the defensive backs, yeah. you know, what cool. they what they thought about it, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, what are the defensive backs gonna say? Are they gonna are they gonna really are they gonna hang their, their teammates out to dry like that and be like, you know, we're defensive backs. This should have been the this is on the uh, you know, you should be asking this question to the linebackers, you should be asking this question to the defensive line. So I think they get angry. I think they're frustrated. I think that they rally together um, for this game. I'm not worried about the infighting. I think that this game, uh, if anything, is going to be more of a wake-up call for them. I think it will be a shootout. I do see it coming down to being a a late field goal as a possibility here. Um, I love getting the hook on the uh, on the three and a half. And uh, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, and Tyler Bass has been uh, extremely reliable um, in in decent weather and normal weather. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Buffalo and I'm gonna take the three and a half that you're giving me, and I'm gonna enjoy the game. You know, Brady is 32 and three against the Buffalo Bills in his career. Um, you know what? Tampa Bay can still win this game. Tampa Bay can kick a game-winning field goal at the end and and win. 34 to 31. And guess what? I win. Okay. So yeah. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit if, 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 if Brady's 32 and three, Tampa Bay can win the game. Buffalo's just got to keep it close. It just okay. got to keep it close. All right. We'll There's see. a reason that plus three and a half for Buffalo is minus 120. And the Bucks are at minus three and a half or at plus 100. I would. That just feels. It just feels weird. I don't get it. It doesn't I make know, sense. I know. Make I sense. know. You want to know what else feels weird? What's that? Looking at the the Bears against the Packers and having to like look at this twelve and a half point spread, which is just disgusting. 
Yeah, a little bit. I mean, Fields is back, but I saw Jair Alexander return to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm not really enthusiastic about Chicago here. I think Green Bay is going to take this one pretty easily. I mean, again, Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears, so owns them. Owns owns. owns. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm with you, right? Give me, give me, give me all the Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers you can give me. I don't even give a shit who's running between Aaron Jones and 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 AJ Dillon. Uh, I'm not going to use either one of them for DFS. You know, it's it's an okay matchup. It's not great, um, but you know, with Montgomery dealing with injuries, Fields being back, who the hell knows with Allen Robinson whether it even matters or not. Um, I know you love your Cole Komet, but yeah, I'm I'm leaning Packers on this one as well. But I probably won't bet this one either, just because I I just I, I don't like laying this many points. Uh, it is a lot of points, but I don't know. The Bears on the road, primetime game, you know, Fields again coming off an injury. You know, I'm I'm just not there. I'm not there. I'm going Green Bay. All right, and then uh, Monday Night Football. Here we go. Rams Cardinals. Uh, Adam, Adam Ron is very passionate about this, uh, this offensive line. He feels like the Rams are, are the exact same as, uh, as the bills, right? He says Rams are a bully team as well. They beat up on the crap teams and then they struggle against the good ones. So, you know, he's like, he why is this like Arizona point for spread? Like, he also didn't like Arizona for the first, like half of the season either though. That is true. He was saying that all the true. same things that they're a paper team. They haven't beaten anybody. All these things. So where? So now he's on Arizona though for this one. No, he's like he's saying he's like this line to him is like super fishy, which means that he'll probably end up taking the Rams just okay. because it's a super fishy line because he feels like this line should be like at least five, okay, maybe four and a half. <clears throat> I'm I'm thinking you know maybe there's a tax that you have to pay when when you're talking about Sean McVay here. Um, because everybody loves him. Everybody thinks he's a genius. I don't really know. I don't really know. This is not a game. This is a game. Like, I like the Rams offense. I do. I really do. I like the players. I like what they bring to the table here. I'm hoping Daryl Henderson's back. Um, and I don't hate the Cardinals. I like Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. And I love the year that James Conner's having. So, you know, this is a game that I would prefer to just watch and not bet and be fine with that. But what do you think? What Do you, you have a lean? Um, you know, I did like what we saw out of the Cardinals there. Um, but it was against the Bears. Like, how much stock do you put into it? I, I feel like on paper, the talent level looks better for, for the Rams, but I'm going to go the home team here. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I think I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Um, I like that Kyler came back. He was running around a lot, which is a great sign. Yep. Uh, um, you know, and, and Hopkins looked okay and they're getting Edmonds back. So. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Cardinals on this one. Yeah, where are you at with the whole Edmonds situation? Like to me, James Conner has earned the the right to be the number one back. Like Edmonds to me is nothing more than a complimentary running back at this point. So this is my this has always been my stance with this. The Cardinals offense plays to Edmonds' skill set, which is why he was on the field for 65 percent of the snaps on average. Because when they're not in the red zone, they're spreading it out. They have guys in motion. They do screen plays. They, you know, they, they want to utilize his receiving skills in their offense. And then that versatility allows them to keep defenses on their toes 
because they can do draws up the middle. They can do pitches and sweeps to him. And he's quick enough to get to the corner and, and make big plays. Then they get into the red zone and they hunger down. They go big and they got Connor back there to bully his way through the end zone. They're going to do that again. Um, you know, again, I've had, I put, I tweeted about it today. Um, you know, what's going to happen with Connor because he certainly performed well enough to be that at every down roll. But that Connor was performing the way he was largely without Kyler Murray in the lineup, right? And, and last week was out of necessity because they didn't have Edmonds available. But when they have Kyler in there and they have Edmonds back, that's what they want to do. They want to have Edmonds back there because of his versatility. Uh, and they're going to use Connor. And the Connor, was, doing Connor was catching passes, though. Yeah, he, but not to the level. He's not the he's not the level receiver, and he's not he's not capable of doing as many things as Edmonds can in that passing offense. So that so that's my he, take on it. Now it's his first game back for Edmonds, so we may not see it this week. We, right. we may not see the sixty five percent snaps go his way this week. But I think ultimately, because Edmonds wasn't a bad running back for them, right? Like he was a he was a productive back in that offense. It was just that Connor was getting all the touchdowns, and that's what was kind of depressing uh, his overall fantasy value. But it's not like Edmonds was underperforming in his role, um, and, I, and I think they want to use him now. They, they want to create mismatches. They want to be able to kick him out into the inside or spread him out wide and and open things up there. And while Connor can certainly do some of those things, you know they've always valued Edmonds' receiving number or receiving ability, and that's why I've said he's the one that's outlasted. He outlasted David Johnson. He outlasted Kenny and Drake. The one constant in this. Cardinals team uh, running back uh, backfield has always been Chase Edmonds. So, um, you know, to me, he's going to go right back into the role that he had. And Connor is going to, you know, kind of get put back into where he was. All righty. There you go. John and Pemba's take on the Chase Edmonds, James Connor scenario. We'll see how that unfolds uh, over the course of the uh, next week or so. And uh, we'll see what they do on Monday Night Football. But that is a, a complete wrap of the games. Again, you can find John and I on the DFS podcast going a lot more in-depth on plays and players uh, who we like and who we don't like. So you'll check that out over at uh, DFSAlarm.com. Uh, you can obviously find me um, on the SiriusXM Fantasy Alarm Show from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen to John Friday nights on alarm after hours. He's on Fridays and Mondays, but you know, for Friday night action uh, from 12 midnight to 2 a.m. Eastern, you can catch him uh, with Justin Fensterman. And then of course he's got the contrarian corner video. He's got the quarterback coach. All of that fun stuff is sitting there for you uh, and available to you over there at fantasyalarm.com. John, big thanks, man. Appreciate you. Uh, you filling in and sticking around a little longer here as we, uh, Start helping the Annie Up audience with a, a little more DFS. Yeah, of course. It's, I, I loved our 15-minute rapid fire, but, you know, I'm a DFS player at heart, so uh, always willing to talk it out. There you go. Always willing to talk it out. And that's what we did, and that's what you got, and that's going to do it for us. So for John and Pemba, I'm Howard Bender. This has been Annie Up. We'll catch you next time.